Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. My God, the year is absolutely flying by. Merry Christmas, I might as well say at this point. But let's take a step back and appreciate this incredible guest we have on for episode 132. I am such a big fan of this guy, incredible producer, and he is going to be big. I'm confident of that. Episode 132 features my man, Skunka. Now he is definitely someone you want to add to the Rolodex. This SoCal stud is making waves in the scene and I cannot wait to see what he does in the future. Actually, it had him on the radar for a little while now, but he's been coming up more recently having people like DJ Susan on and Chris Diaz of Hood Politics Records. And it was so great to get this guy's full story as a musical artist. Now I had to ask Skonka where did this love of music come from? And no surprises, his family played a huge role in this. He actually had an older brother that was a DJ and his family would play all different types of music that he's still influenced by today. Skonka draws tons of inspiration in his music today from various types of music that he actually has produced before. This guy used to make rap and hip hop beats, he's made techno, and of course, house music. He's had a truly incredible musical journey as an artist so far, releasing on labels like Hood Politics, House of Hustle, Del Sol, and so many more. And I can tell you one thing's for certain, guys. He has made some bangers. You've got to go check out his music. It literally is jaw-dropping. And I'm not the only one who thinks his music is great. Not only do all these reputable labels love his stuff, but also some of the biggest DJs in the world. He's been supported by Golf Clap, Paco Osuna, Walker and Royce, and Juliet Fox. And it's worth mentioning how much variety is in that list, guys. It's already hard enough to get supported by certain DJs within your own genre, but to be able to spread the list like that is very, very impressive. Now, Skonka has an interesting production process. We talked about drawing ideas from ideas. He's got this big boy sample from the song Kryptonite, you know when it goes, I be on it, on that man, I be on it all day, in his track Jordan. And I asked him where the inspiration come from that. And it's something so simple. It's literally driving in the car with someone and you're like, you know what, that would be sick. I'm gonna build up from there and so on and so forth. So if you guys are interested in music production, specifically Skonka's process, make sure you listen in. Now, Skonka is someone who does this truly for the love of music. It's not his full-time job, but it is his full-time passion. I wanted to ask him about the state of the music industry and how he's been handling all these changes. He said he encourages people to try new things in the studio now that there's no pressure to make hit after hit after hit so that you can go on a tour. It was such a pleasure to have this incredible DJ producer on the show. If you guys haven't heard his music before, you've got to go check it out. Now's your chance to hear his full story. So enough of me talking. Let's let the man tell it for himself. This is episode 132 with Skunka. All right, Andres, a.k.a. Skanka, I got a cold brew in my hand. Usually it's a beer, but I'm going to give you a cheers. I don't know if you have anything, man. All I got is my water. <laughs> yeah, that works. Follow <laughs> water. We'll take what we can, man. It's 10 a.m. on the West Coast, and it's it's only midday here in Chicago, so I think everybody can give us an excuse, right? Yeah. <laughs> Such a pleasure to have you on the show, man. 
I'm a huge fan, like I just said. Shout out Chris Diaz. Shout out DJ Susan. Your name has come up a few times on the show, and that's how I always know, like, I got to get people like you on. A little more, like, under the radar, but, dude, you are such a fucking sick producer, bro. I just want you to know that right away, straight up. I re-listened to, like, pretty much every single one of your tracks today, and my girlfriend was here, and I had him on my headphones, and I kept just going, oh, jeez, fuck, dude. <laughs> like, what are you listening to? I was like, this guy is such a dope <laughs> I just wanted to acknowledge you for that, man. I know you put oh, it up. Thanks, man. Little, little bit goes a long way, so shout out to you. I appreciate it, man. Of course, bro. So, How's everything been going this year? Uh, in general, I mean, just been working on music, uh, trying to stay healthy, work out, and pretty much yeah, work like my regular day job, and that's all. That's pretty much it. I haven't really done much. I haven't really gone out at all this Dude, year. There's nothing to do, bro. <laughs> I have a day yeah, job. Work. and then it was so funny when you were like i was like what can we line up time and you're like i really can't do it during the week and i was like all right we got a hustler we got a day job or like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i've had a day job for like five years now and it's like it's another type of grind but it's important to have that sort of uh just like solidity that you know i've got the cash yeah. in and, and anything else i use my time on is going to be basically just for music right yeah i mean uh yeah, like, I, I've heard a bunch of, like, other producers, like, throw around the idea of, like, that if you want to, like, kind of, like, make make it in, like, music, that you should just quit your regular job and stuff yeah. like that. And it's, like, for me, it's, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think that works for everybody because it's, like, I kind of need I kind of need money, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. but, yeah, like, I don't know. So, so working the day job, too, is, like, it helps out a lot. It helps out with my music, too, because uh, without my day job, honestly, I wouldn't be able to, like, afford all this gear I got. And, like, yeah. if my if I didn't have a job and my computer broke down, it's like, I'd be fucked. Like, I'd be totally screwed. Like, you know, yeah. I wouldn't have anything to, like, make music with anymore. That's so, really got it. Yeah. You got to have the cash flow, bro. And I've realized, too, like, in regards to creativity... If you're like a full-time producer, and there are some guys that we both know that are just like able to do that, my yeah. mind lock in because then I almost felt like it becomes a job and it's not sort of a release. So I give everything to my job, you know what I mean? And then my mental space. Yeah. Is different. And then when I come to the podcast or I come to producing, it's like a fresh new challenge sort of, you know what I mean? And then yeah. when it gets frustrating, I can just say, all right, you know what? Refocus on the job, table that to the side because you can't force this shit, right? Yeah, honestly, like crunching, like feeling like you got to crunch and shit, yeah. like that that doesn't really like work. Like I've I felt that way on on some uh, like sometimes some labels or like some homies will hit me up and ask me to do a remix from, and like I'll ask them like when does it have to be Dubai and they'll yeah. say like I don't know like two weeks or like three weeks or something like that. <laughs> so it's like 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 I could probably take like you know like probably like two days or something like that, like yeah. just to like like finish it. But, like, sometimes, you know, I do other stuff or something like that. Or, like, to be honest, like, sometimes I'll just, like, slip my mind. (laughs) And then I'll just be crunching, like, last minute. So, like, (laughs) and that sucks because I feel like when you finally send them the beat and then you listen back to it again, like, I don't know when they release it. And you're just like, ah, I could have did more to it. Or, like, I could have did this. Like, totally. And that kind of sucks. But And the double-edged sword about that is sometimes you do make a track in four hours, right? And other times it takes months. And then when it does put a time limit on it, you're like, I already know I'm not going to hit this. Oh, yeah. No, like, 
honestly like my best tracks or, or the tracks that i'm most proud of i made those quick it was just like everything just pops off to you like you know yeah. you, you know what to do with it right away and th true. those were like the best tracks it's true man i i know how that feels it, it's so funny when that happens right and sometimes it's it's the best when you're like in the studio with someone and you didn't even plan on like you like you were gonna do your own thing they were gonna do their own thing and then you both are like, hey, what do you think of this sound? I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm working on this over here, actually. Like, you want to make a collab really quick? And then, like, four hours later, you guys are like, okay, send it out. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> 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 how it goes, bro. But when did you actually, like, get into the music game? Were you DJing or producing first? Because I know you're from SoCal. Huge music scene there, of course. Yeah. Uh, I want to say I was DJing first. And, uh, I, I mean, honestly, I used to make more hip-hop like in high school really and, yeah and i was more into hip-hop i used to actually like make beats for like a friend like a homie i used to rap at school and stuff like that nice. and we were doing that for like a little bit and uh at that whole time though like i did not know the concept of like mixing down mastering nothing <laughs> it was just like all my beats were just like straight up raw like just raw samples and raw drums <laughs> and uh i left to oregon for like probably like a year or something like a year and a half and I came back, started working, made enough money to like buy a computer and I bought a computer and got back into it. And like pretty much then I started making more like electronic music and like house music. I've always liked house music and techno like since right. a long time, but yeah. I never used to make it. Like I always used to think it was like a harder concept for some reason than it is till I started like actually producing it. Mm -hmm. But yeah. You got into it then. Yeah. Who got yeah, I've been. Were your family, huh? did your family love electronic music or like did you have a friend? Yeah. yeah, I've 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 been into music since I was like a kid, like yeah. pretty much. Like I've I've been in the around the environment. Like my brothers used to DJ when oh, I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Like that's how that's how I like, you know, came to it. That's how I that was my first like uh you know, first time ever seeing it done is just my brothers doing it, like practicing in the garage, playing at parties and stuff like yeah. that. Like back in the 90s yeah so oh, shit, that's dude. pretty much yeah how i got into it <laughs> and you had to follow in their footsteps right were they producing or you were the first of your family uh i'm pretty much like kind of like the first of my family they would make like beats and, and the way they would make beats was kind of <laughs> like crazy when i think about it because they used to have two two uh two uh tape like a tape recorder yeah and they have two cassettes and what they would do is they'd play like one cassette or like a record yeah. and they'd record a track in the, in a cassette and they'd kind of like layer like like each little sound they would record and put it in a loop on a cassette and then they would loop the cassette it's like it was pretty crazy crazy like i can't even like remember it too well but yeah it was, it was like crazy concept i'm like man like over here i got my like my computer and i could like put little sounds like here and there all the time like wherever i want <laughs> like that yeah that looked really tedious like what they used to do <laughs> typical back in the day that's that's some 90 shit right there that's a great yeah. but you just got to do what you got to do and nowadays there's no barrier to entry you can ask for a, a laptop and download ableton for free on your 16th birthday two years go by and you're releasing hits right and your brother's yeah. re recording cassette tapes isn't that insane? Yeah. It wasn't that long ago, but it's crazy. Yeah. Even even then, like the preparation to they had to go like shop for records and find samples and records and all this crazy stuff. Like now you got splice. You got like all that stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> 
literally all within our fingertips for better yeah. right yeah well i mean it helps though i mean i i think like without the stuff we have today like obviously our music wouldn't be able to progress so yeah well said yeah. absolutely i i've interviewed a lot of people who started as record djs and <clears throat> they talk about how djing back then and selecting your music although it's so much easier today you know actually like preparing the sets you're going to play with your records, like going to the record store and thinking about music a lot differently. And today, oh, yeah. attention spans are so short. But it's interesting you said that because you do have to actually like have that ability to think quickly. But also, it sounds like to you, you've had a lot of influence to take it seriously in regards to like how you appreciate music. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I think like vinyl is really cool. Like I like vinyl, and, and I still like going like record shopping and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's certain things with vinyl that you can't do with a CDJs. Yeah. Like like you can't you can't like go to a festival and then like loop a beat and do this crazy stuff and all these effects and stuff while you're playing a show. Like you can't do that with vinyl. No. Huh? You got one yeah. chance with vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to like with vinyl, you're gonna have to be spinning the records back and forth really crazy to do, you know? That's like insane. <laughs> only like there's only a few guys that could do that. There really are. I know. And these days, like, I, I could never even consider something like that. Yeah. I respect the shit out of it, but it's it's an art that I respect, like I said, but I can't do it. It's a whole different ballgame. Oh, yeah. CDJ's, CDJ 3000 just came out. It's, like, literally, like, the size of the screen is this big, and it's all touched. And I'm like, am I even DJing or am I on a computer anymore? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's insane, yeah, right? Insane. My friend got one, and I went over there, and I was like, Jesus, dude. Like, everything that was on, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just massive, and it's almost, like, too easy now. Like, I don't even want to say DJing's hard, because, like, there is so many aspects that are difficult, track selection and stuff, but in regards to DJing, like, dude, I could see everything, and I could edit any little mistake very quickly, and then you're just talking about vinyl, dude. It's like, you put that record on, you got to hear that beat. It's not telling you yeah. how fast it goes. You got you to gotta feel it. I always tell my friends, it's like, uh, ever since, like, you know, kind of DJing went, like, digital. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of everybody wants to be a DJ now because and because it's easy, you know? It's so easy to just, like, get on your laptop and go online and go download a track. But, I mean, like, which is cool. Like, I mean, I don't have anything against it, but. Yeah. To be honest, like if, if it was still like back in vinyl times where you actually have to like go drive somewhere and like yeah. go like dig through crates to find a track, like probably to find like one or two songs that are actually good, like in the whole store. Like, <laughs> yeah, I bet you people would just like give up. They'd be like, oh, hell no, this is too much. <laughs> Facts, <man. laughs> well, massive props to your brothers then. So yeah. when did you actually like after you were making beats for your friend who was a rapper and you were DJing, you got a little more into it. Do you remember like the time, time period when you started to take producing and DJing more seriously? Like I do eventually want to make a career out of this or was it always for fun at that point? Uh, it was always for fun for me. I mean, yeah. it still is for fun. I, I don't I don't ever want to like feel that, uh, that like this is like my last option in life or like that I have to just like, I have to do it because it's just like, I don't know. I, I don't want to put pressure on myself. Like, to yeah. make, like you know? And, like I want to actually like make it just loving it like that's that's my whole thing <laughs> yeah. about longevity with that bro that's something that comes up a lot too is like <clears throat> people that are like I gotta be famous and rich now 
Yeah, I don't I don't have that mentality at all. <laughs> they might go like this really quick, but they're gonna go like this even faster. Yeah. And like you that are just like, dude, I'm just loving it, man. I'm loving it more. I'm loving it more. I'm I'm having a great time. And then next thing you know, it could be a year from now, it could be five years from now, it could be ten years from now. You still fucking love it, and now you're one of the biggest guys in the world. And that's how it always goes, I swear. Like, we want to do this shit forever, right? Yeah. yeah of course, you want the longevity. Yeah, bro. Like, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And some people try and sprint the marathon. You can't sprint a marathon. That's why it's a marathon. Yeah, exactly. Those people fall over, dude. And we're just like, we're in our, we're in our comfortable shoes, strolling, having a good time with our friends during this marathon. And it's so easy to weed out those people, but I, I respect that, bro. Like you gotta, and it's it's good you said that too about having a day job. It gives you that that level headedness because this is life, bro. Like we gotta enjoy it. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> I know some people are so serious and and they're like, it, it's great to take all this stuff, you know, like we gotta do this, we gotta do that, we gotta do this, we gotta do that. No, it's, it's, it, to me, it's, it's supposed to be about having fun, like, I, honestly, I can't, I can't really, like, like, I know a few people like this, but it, it really, like, bugs me when someone is, like, way too professional about this shit, yeah. it's just like, come on, man, like, yeah. like, yeah. this is supposed to be fun, like, otherwise, like, if I wanted to be all professional about it, like, I just do, like, a regular sue and tie job or something, you know, <laughs> but, yeah, I respect that. So the first release I could find from you was 2017, right? Were you releasing anything before that, maybe just on SoundCloud, or was 2017 the first year of releases for you? Uh, 2017 was probably, like, my, my first releases. Anxiety yeah. EP? Yeah. Not too proud of that, but... Dude! I'm about to give you props, Andres. One sec, yeah. bro. Anxiety EP on Midnight evolution bro it was like a deep tech sound right and that was like the first thing you released and now like i've been listening to you recently and to go back one thing i think is so cool a producer of your style is there are foundations that you've laid that you've tried let go brought back and i heard it in a lot of different tracks here but listening to the anxiety ep like whether you know it or not dude i heard a little bit of skanka in there and i thought it was dope seriously and then followed up with vice city which was almost a little night bassy, dude. Like you had these like long grooves in there, but some wubs, um, and it even had some acid tones that have elements from Anxiety EP. Where were you at, like with production in 2017, confidence-wise, trying new things, finding your sound? Where were you at mentally? Um, <laughs> the funny thing is, like, anytime I make a beat, I like, like, I'm always confident. <laughs> and it's probably like three three years later or something like that when I actually like learned a bit more about producing because you, this thing you like you never stop learning like you always learn something new with producing yeah and like I'm constantly watching like tutorials and like mm -hmm. watching like people make beats and watching people like you know even do sound design on like like analog synthesizers and stuff like that yeah like like that's why I said like now I'm not too proud of that EP because I listened back to it and I'm like oh man like yeah what the hell? Why, why did I even release this? <laughs> it's the beginning of your story. I know how you feel. It's always different yeah. when you put it out too, right? It's like you yeah. mix, you listen to it on your speakers, and all of a sudden it's out on Spotify, and you're like, is that the same song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty here, man. That that's cool though, dude. I mean, listen. Everybody's got their story of their sonic identity, and like you have to start somewhere. And I think it's great you have that music out, whether you're proud of it or not. I thought it was cool, and I think it tells your story really well. Seriously, um, but 2018, 
picked it up a little bit, bro. Big release on House of Hustle, The Machine. Got a little wubby. Tell me about that track. It's House of Hustle, very reputable house label. That's a big jump up from 2017 to 2018. Were you really working hard in the background there? That track? Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously before I was like more influenced by uh, like Night Bass and stuff. And yeah. I was trying to do like kind of like more of an aggressive like kind of st- sound. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, I mean, fuck, it was a while ago. So like, yeah. I, I would say like, like that beat, I was probably more influenced by like kind of uh, like Jack in House, but yeah. I still wanted to make like an aggressive like kind of like, like, you know, like the wub sounds and the bass yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I kind of did that beat, and 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 I, like I I think on that beat I kind of used like a like an actual drum loop, like live drum loop on really? it. Yeah, like because I I'm not I don't know I can't really remember that beat too well, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I remember how it sounds. It's funny, like I I've already made so many tracks that like, I forget how some of them sound, but. Dude, that's a good problem. You've released a lot of music, and 2018 was a big year, too. Like, you continued with Trabajo, and, of course, the Bubbles EP on Hood Politics. And when I started hearing that, I kind of heard you were really developing your sound. It was clear, like, your mixing and mastering got down. You really got a hold of, like, your FX, vocal chops. Like, dude, the Bubbles EP is fucking dope. When did you connect with the Hood Politics guys? Oh, so that that EP is kind of funny, because... That EP actually, it, it sounded different. Like uh, the Bubbles track and the other track, they both sounded different. Yeah, they and, did. Uh, like before, and I sent it to to Hook Politics, and Susan actually hit me back up, and he 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 said something like kind of like he likes the beat, but he's all like, I guess he said like he kind of gave me advice. He's like, you know, like you should kind of change this and like you know add that. So that kind of like I was like, okay. So I went back. And then I changed it up completely, and uh, really, yeah, it came out doper. And uh, it's funny because I sent it back to them, and they replied. They replied back to me like probably like a week or two later, or probably a week later. And he's like, "Yeah, like like you know, we want this, and this, this is a dope EP. Like, send send me the premaster, dude. Like, my fucking computer crashed like probably two days before he sent that message. Oh and no! I lost, I lost the original files, and all I had was just like the MP3 that I that I bounced and like, and they worked with that and like they mastered that version and it came out good. But <laughs> holy, holy <laughs> yeah, shit! Yeah, crazy. Dropped. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, like I was like, this is gonna be a big release, you know? And my computer crashed. I lost it. <laughs> that sucks great story though they, it, yeah. i couldn't tell at all they, their mix and master guy did a great job on it yeah i'm I'm just like i'm just glad like susan was cool enough to actually accept it like that most labels would have just been like no like i'm sorry but we need the actual pre-master yeah and that's yeah. a nice way of putting it too he, that's he he did big ball energy he believed in you yeah. that's the coolest thing about him to me is he like <clears throat> he's not just someone who says yes or no if he says yes, he tells you why yes. If he says no, he tells you why no. Yeah. Right. So I think it's really cool to have a label head that also started off as a producer trying to make their way up in the industry, right? And yeah. getting that feedback. So that's why I wanted to ask that story because you continued the role, bro. Like Hood Politics in 2018 was really, really hitting their stride. So obviously you were hitting your stride. Psychedelic raving, dude. You mentioned techno. Come on. Yeah. That's a <laughs> Andres. I love it. I hadn't heard that one before until today. Really, really like that. Where did that come from? Uh, just my techno influences. Yeah. I mean, 
which is like I like I like guys like like uh I don't know if you ever heard of Cosmic Boys. Uh, yeah. I like like Richie Houghton and like Dubfire kind of like of I like that kind of techno, like really minimal and like kind of groovy. Yeah. So that's that's where that came about. Actually, the the psychedelic raving like I actually went I think to like what rave was it? It might have been like Nocturnal or something. Mm-hmm. But I saw someone play there, and I actually got, like, an idea from that. Oh, God, dude. That goes back to before we went on air when you were talking about hearing yeah. you get a live show. Yeah. I know. And there's nothing like a good minimal tech set, bro. I, I love going to uh, Movement in Detroit. I have a lot of friends um, that are from Detroit that love techno. And until I got into it, it's kind of like before you get in a house. You assume it's all kind of one thing. You know, it's like... It's all this, the same thing that you think that it was. And then you get into the house and techno world, especially techno. And there are so many layers to that shit, dude. Acid, minimal, driving. And then you look at all the artists within each of those. The Charlotte DeWitts, the Amelie Lenz, uh, the Dubfires, like you were mentioning. And then like the alter sides of people like Claude Von Stroke, who are born and raised in, in Detroit, and MK. And hearing them play techno sets. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? This this is literally incredible music. And at these shows is so about it compared to, like, outside of house and techno. Obviously, I'm biased because I love house and techno. But I think there's nothing like a house and techno crowd. Oh, yeah. Like, I I love... I've Honestly, I've had phases. I've gone into every single genre you could think of. Yeah? Like... Just not like happy hardcore or some shit like that, but <laughs> <laughs> but like I've I've had all my phases. Like I've liked hardstyle, I like techno, I've liked trance, like and I've noticed ever since I've started raving, like tech house and techno is the one thing I never dropped. Like it's like the one thing I've I've always kept going to that stage, like ever since like I started raving. Like I never get tired of it. Which is funny because like the most simple beats out of all the genres. And, like, you just don't get tired of it. <laughs> so much fun. There's nothing like a fucking banging speaker system in a tech house baseline, dude. That's, like, yeah, that's my bread and butter. That's what gets me up in the morning still, even though I'm dying for it again. But, so, so, Plague the Graving on Del Sol, Malt Liquor EP on Rock Bottom, Explicit EP, some techno with Surmise. So, 2019, you're kind of, like, trying new things, at least compared to 2017 and 2018. Were you cognitively aware of like, okay, I'm putting out different types of music, but I'm really liking this? Where were you at mentally in 2019 with releases? Um, I I was just on a whole techno tip, pretty much. Yeah. Like I just because uh, it's like I, I'll start working on certain ty- types of music, and if if I'm flowing with it, and and you know, like anytime I like come up to my computer, like. And I feel like making techno, I just make techno. Or, like, if I feel like making tech house. Like, lately, it's just been a lot of tech house and, like, house music. Mm-hmm. And, like, like some sometimes I've been making, like, more deeper, like, kind of deeper tech stuff. But, yeah. Like, I, I just go with the flow <laughs> pretty much. You get, And sometimes I think of it like getting it out of your system, right? Like, if you're like, yeah. all right, well, I'm releasing this type of music and I guess my sound is tech house. But... I can't release techno because it's off brand. I say fuck that shit, dude. Release whatever you want to make that sounds good to you, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've actually, um, I've actually come up with an alter ego. Yeah. Because yeah, because uh, I I kind of like I was asked to do a remix for like uh, some friends from a label called Low Freaks. Mhm. And like their sound is more like like night bassy kind of like 
bass house, like aggressive and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, I made a beat with their like with doing a remix for them, and I was like, man, I gotta make an alter ego for this because this is just too like way too off from like regular skunka. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You can acknowledge. I guess you can't go too left field, can you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want to alienate the people that listen to me. You know, like, what the hell? Like, don't tell me he's gonna start doing this now. Right, right. <laughs> right. Like, no matter how yeah. big or small, there's always gonna be fans who are like, I like the old skunka. I like the new skunka. Right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, all right, dude. Like, fine. I'll make a whole new alias for you then. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you finish up the year strong, man, with another EP on House of Hustle, the Journey EP, and Hood Politics. This is my favorite EP from you on Hood Politics, the Sugar EP. That was dope. And that was cool because this is your year of techno, and it was definitely a little harder than Bubbles. What, what, was, uh, what was your feedback like from having other DJs play that, those tracks like in that year? Were you gaining confidence in regards to like, Okay, I'm hitting my I'm hitting my stride. I'm getting big releases on labels. This is all coming together. How how was the end of that year for you? It was really good. I mean, I've had like um, off of those last few EPs, like off of the last few EPs I've done and some re remixes, like I've actually had like bigger names uh, play my tracks on their shows and stuff. Yeah, man. And I mean, it's pretty cool. Like I had uh, Elias and, and Barthenos. Yeah, play one of one of my tracks like on tour room, and that was a big deal for me. I was like, wow, like my tracks on tour room radio, that's insane. That's and, huge. Uh, yeah, it was really huge. I mean, it's like not to like, I mean, I still listen to tour room radio, but it's like, like a few years ago, like listening to tour room radio, like every time I work out and stuff, like I never would have thought like, oh, my track's gonna be on here someday. But oh, that's, that's awesome. Full yeah. circle. Yeah, and uh. Golf Clap, Golf Clap gives me a lot of good support. Like I love Golf Clap for that. Like they they're always playing my tracks out, and it's it's insane. But you can get a country yeah. club disco release, you bro. You, you gotta get a country club disco release. They love you, and it is right up it is right up their alley. Like a lot of your recent stuff too. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, late honestly, like lately this with this year, I've just been like hoarding tracks. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Like this year, that's that's been my thing. I'm just hoarding tracks, and like next year I'll start sending them out. But I'm just hoarding tracks right now for the most part. I love it, man. <laughs> it's been a big year for you, all things considered, right? Like it's been a tough year to release music, especially as a as a dance music producer. Since March, we haven't had shows, but you still have released great music, and I want to seriously acknowledge you for that because there are a lot of producers that are not releasing music that aren't. They're trying to just like figure out a way through this. And you literally, in, in my opinion, and I want to hear you explain it for yourself. I'm looking at you like, dude, I'm just going to release this music. It's good music. Let's just keep moving. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I pretty much already had a lot of tracks lined up for this year. Okay. And uh, some, some some weren't. But yeah, like uh, the last Hood Politics release, with, with, uh, the last one I did, that one was kind of like already lined up. And uh, I mean... Anytime I, I I like releasing with them. Anytime I I like they want to sign one of my tracks, I just feel like it's gonna be a good release because it's like yeah. they know what's good, you know. <laughs> well said. So. That was uh so you had Space Girl EP, slightly sizzle. That one does really really well. And that one, your Space Girl, you remix your own track, right? Space Girl? No, no, that was a remix for uh, Sam Burns. That's uh one of the friends. Yeah, that was his EP. 
That was his EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, sorry, that's what I meant. Dude, that track, I think, is that one of your best charting ones? Yeah, it is, actually. Yeah, it's the best one. And that is like a, a, a fucking British tech house track, dude. Like, dropping that yeah. under. <laughs> I loved it, dude. Really good work. Yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. And then, like how I was saying earlier, that beat, literally when I did that remix, I probably finished it like in uh, two hours. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, it's crazy. And that was like my top charting one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I love it, man. I mean, every know it's going to hit uh, or when a track's going to do well, but the people decided and it's really good. I love it. But tell me more about um, the Saza EP. Um, because the track Saza to me is my favorite track of yours. And it is like, I mean, that one got a lot of support, right? That one is Walker and Royce, Vanessa. Is that, is that the one that yeah. they started? Yeah. That's, they played, yeah. That's huge, dude. Where were yeah. you, like, how long did you have that one finished for? Because it's a really, really clean. Uh, That one, I want to say, like, I actually might have finished that one uh, last year mm -hmm. before it got released. It was, like, sometime in, like, October or something. Wow. You and, waited. Uh, yeah, uh, um, Rock Bottom or the guys there, they, they had a long like lineup, you know, they yeah. already had their schedule. So mm -hmm. I was like, I mean, I don't mind waiting, like as long as I know it's going to get released. But Yeah, of course. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I mean, yeah, that, I, I, I love that EP too. So, great. Salsa. Great I job. honestly didn't know what to call that beat and I was drinking Salsa, so I called it Salsa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was I was drinking at the time when I was making it. So I was like, I'm gonna just call it salsa. <laughs> Let's look around the room. That works. <laughs> I wanted the the Jordan EP though because of the night <laughs> sample in there. I'm a huge big boy fan. I loved that, bro. How did how did you uh, incorporate that, that in there? Did you like have the track ready, or did you say I want to use the sample? What was your thought process with that track? I, I was just writing like i was with my brother and i forgot where we we're going and like i have not heard that song in a long time yeah and, like he played it and then i just thought to myself like hey you know what that little like beginning part where he was saying like you know yeah. like I'd whatever like that that yeah i'd be on there or whatever i was like that'd be a dope house track yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, i mean it worked <laughs> well, how did you get that sample cleared or did you just drop it and like it's just since it's only a little little bit, was it okay or how did that process work? Hey man, I don't know anything about like sample clearing or anything to tell you the truth. It's just <laughs> if the label wanted to drop it and they did it, so I was like, okay, like I honestly I was I kind of thought that too. Like I was like, man, like this is straight up just big boy's voice. Like I don't know if I don't know if like anybody would want it, but hey, they wanted it, so I love. It. <laughs> I love it. Actually, I, I have a friend, uh, his name's Flanino, and he loves you, and he drops that track all the time. Because, dude, it's like, it's such a great song, and I think that's the coolest part of house music to me and tech house is how we can manipulate vocals like that to make it fit somehow on a 124 BPM track or something yeah. like, right? When people are like, that, it blows people away when you drop a sample or you incorporate a sample live. That they're like, whoa, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, the yeah. it makes them do it. <laughs> it hits so much harder. Like these little things that you can do make such a big difference. 
Oh yeah, I love I love that. I love when whenever any DJs drop like some old school hip hop lyrics like yes. in a song. Like during a show and you're just like, Oh man, I forgot about that song. Exactly. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you did that, man. Um so you said the Little Night EP, uh of course, uh with the hood politics guys, and then most recently lockdown with L Monk on Brash Beats. Good lord, dude. That is a track. I really, yeah. really like that. Like, it's it's cool now to go through like all your releases here and see where you're at now with that track, and obviously you have a lot still hidden hidden in your closet. But um, who is El Monk? El Monk, uh, he he's uh, one of the homies. Uh, I've produced with him before. I actually played with him uh, at Beyond Wonderland like yeah. last year. That's where I think yeah. I saw that. So you've known him for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, I think we just uh, ran into each other at uh, Space Taco. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like a little show over here. Or uh, not even little anymore. Like, Actually, my, my friend, the one that throws it, Seek One, he's actually going to play Dirty Bird Camp Out, the little oh. live stream. Yeah, so. Really? It, those, his shows pop off, man. Like, I love playing his shows all the time. Like, And they, anytime they ask me, like, hey, you want to play like this this day or this Tuesday? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, every time. Like, I love playing. Okay. Their their whole vibe is just like, the people there are just like, they, they'll dance to like anything you like play. Like, I mean, not, I don't want to say anything, but like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, they vibe with your music and, and they're, they're a cool crowd there. So I, I love playing those shows. But hey, yeah. Space Taco? Space Taco, yo. Okay. Space um, Taco. And, and they, they throw like another one called Space Brains, which mm-hmm. is, uh yeah, those are like on Saturdays. Because Space Taco is obviously on Tuesdays because Taco Tuesday. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, those Space Brains, those are cool too. The Space Brains one I like even more because it's kind of like this uh burner vibe where it's kind of yeah. like really hippie-ish and they have like everything decorated with all these like kind of like I don't know, like these little like shapes, those crazy shapes, you know, like right. The, yeah, but it's it's pretty cool. I, I like I like the whole vibe. That's awesome, man. Well, you guys make a good duo together. I like that track a lot. Um, we just ran through pretty much every one of your <laughs> out of all of these, Andres. Are there any that mean the most to you, regardless of success or streams? Uh, out of all my tracks, yeah, if you, uh, or if it's one or two of them. Trying to think which one I like. I kind of like equally like them like the same, but yeah, I think I think I think one that I I have to say is just bubbles. Yeah, bubbles one that I just like. I just felt like like I kind of like when I made that one. Like I was really I was I was the most satisfied by making that beat out of all the ones I've made. Bubbles. (laughs) That's awesome. Great track, and that was really where it all kicked off for you too. So who else, dude? Because golf clap, Walker and Rice. I saw Paco Osuna and Juliet Fox also. Like, you're really, dude, that's a, a wide range of DJs. And it's a big deal if they play your music, like, live in a mix, because they're putting themselves out there, too. How did it feel, like, to have that acknowledgement of these worldwide DJs playing your tracks? It's huge. It's just kind of like a, like, it, like, kind of solidifies what you're doing. Honestly. Yeah. Like, like you hear them like bigger names like obviously they had success and like whatever they play is like it's gonna be good because you know like they wouldn't be up 
at a stage and fucking a big ass festival playing for like a thousand people for no reason. Like they're yeah. there because, you know, they, they got, they got it. They got what it takes to be there. So when they play a track like mine, like it's kind of like, man, like I must be doing the right thing if they like it, you know? So it's, yeah. it just, it just solidifies everything you do. Like, cool. and it's a good feeling. Yeah, there we go. It is, it is a good feeling, man. It's, it's huge. And I think it's so cool that like whenever any, anybody who's made it, cause Everybody starts in a position like yours, right, where yeah. you need a little bit of help. You need a little bit of exposure. And if you send a great beat and they love it, they feel something from that. And I think it's so cool that, like, those type of people in that wide range, because, dude, you release a lot of different types of, of house and techno. And I think that's awesome that, like, you've gotten that acknowledgement from these worldwide DJs. So props to you, brother. Thanks, man. Of course. Thanks. Let's talk about your production process, though, man. This is this is what I want to ask. What 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 uh what DAW do you use first? Uh, Logic. I use Logic. Your Logic. Me too. Wow. Okay. We're a very uh, Logic. Logic guys got to stick together because it's all Ableton here. <laughs> dude, every time someone's like, "Why are you in Logic? Go to Ableton." And I'm like, "Dude, you know, just like let me be an Apple guy, right?" Just let me, yeah. Like, uh, and then especially now too, it's like Logic is pretty much Ableton. It's like yeah. the same thing almost now. <laughs> really, I think they probably heard the feedback. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because like, it, yeah. so, it is, like, I, I do understand it, of course, like, the biggest thing is <laughs> it doesn't really matter what you use. Whatever makes you the best producer is all that it has. Yeah. Right? Everybody's got a toolbox. We can all build a house. My house might look different than yours. Don't talk shit about my house. Yeah, it's not it's not about the sword. It's about the guy using the sword. So. Hey! There we go. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Why not steal that from you? <laughs> oh, logic. Always been logic then, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Always been logic. Yep. I mean, not when I used my hip hop days, like I said before, that was more like NPC. And nice. Was no DAW, no nothing, just NPC. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome, dude. What uh, What's your process like when it comes to new ideas? Like, uh, for example, like I like to as someone who started DJing before producing, I like to think about how I'm gonna build a track that it would work in a club. So starting with a build up or a break in the drop, uh, maybe finding some lyrics to get some inspiration. What's what's your process in the studio like? Um, it depends, like sometimes I'll, I'll like, you know, like with the whole big boy sample thing, like that was all, I worked my beat around the sample. There you go. That all right. that, yeah, so it was like, but then sometimes if, if I'm just starting a beat from scratch and I don't have like anything to go off of, I mostly just start out with drums first. Like for me, like when I listen to tracks, I feel like the drums is what creates the groove. Yep. And and then my bass lines pretty much follow my drums, like mm -hmm. in, in my beats. And from then on, then I add like, you know, sound effects and like transitions and buildups and all that. But mostly to me it's like as long as you got like that the 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 baseline and pretty much if you you got the groove down like yeah. then your beat your beat's gonna hit it's just all the other stuff is just like icing on the cake to me yes like, of course. so percussion first then yeah percussion and and baseline pretty much that's how i start off my beats and are you getting everything from splice and just building your own like sample library or where, where are you finding new sounds uh sometimes i use splice and sometimes i i like make my own sounds when oh. it comes for like percussion and samples and stuff like that like yeah i, I use splice like you know 
like claps. I mean, I don't try to like. I used to have a drum machine, and like sometimes I would use the the drum samples from there. Yeah. But then I was noticing that they would sound pretty much like almost exactly the same as some on Splice. Yeah. So why am I gonna go through this extra time of just like making all these sounds when they already have some here? It's like. So true. I have I have keyboards <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I've got the keyboard and the drum pad, but you know what? Like, this is just a lot of extra fluff when I just need my laptop, right? Yeah, and then I mean, you're gonna make a sound that sounds like one off splice. Everyone's gonna think you use splice anyways, <laughs> so like, might as well just use splice, you know? But people talk shit about splice. I don't I don't understand. I don't I don't understand it either. Like, I mean, it's there. It's a tool. I mean, it, it's different if you're just using the same like. I understand when like someone's using the same uh, vocal sample or something yeah, like yeah. that that everyone else has used, which oh. I try to stay away from that. I try to not use any vocals on there because it's just like I've already heard way too many tracks with those like with some vocals on Splice. Yeah, and, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's a dangerous line right there, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially too if like uh, you release a beat with somebody and um, use the vocal sample and then literally like try a month before your release is going to come out, you hear someone else use the same sample. <laughs> yeah. That <sucks. laughs> that's me. And that's when I was like, be really careful with, and even sometimes too, you're like, if we go digging deep enough to find a vocal, we'll be the only ones. The fact of the matter yeah. is no fucking chance. You're the only person. Like, yeah. It's how everybody does it. And, and that's the thing too. Have you collaborated with any like other singers or any, like any songwriters like that? Mm, no oh yeah like their timeline in my experience is a lot different than a producer's timeline everybody's on different timelines right like in life and in general but especially in like music production because like if you're working with a songwriter they want to develop the story for it right and they want to write the lyrics and they want to sing them and everything and then like you want to get in the studio so you can work together and then you're lining up schedules and then they're just like all right you know what i think i'm sticking to tech house i'm gonna chop up this big boy vocal and we'll call it a day right yeah no, I've, I mean, all I've tried is like uh, to just like ask like like anytime like uh, like my girlfriend comes through. Yeah. Like I'll pretty much like ask her like uh, like, hey, uh, can you just say this or that on the mic? Yes. And just, but most of the time she'll just be too shy and I'll be like, oh, man, like, all right, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> like her original voice or would you manipulate it? uh i would probably like manipulate it but i mean to me it's like sometimes sometimes some vocals like it's like you can't really mess it up you just got to say it like you know <laughs> oh man dude you got to get her to do it because the like a, a girl vocal over a nice house beat is is so catchy even if it's just like a four bar vocal loop yeah 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 i don't know why like girl vocals like always hit i don't know why every what time guys girls rock me bro, bro it's just a fact yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think yeah, it's, it's it's more appealing to anybody to hear a girl's voice on the track than a guy, you know, because most of the time when you hear a guy's voice on the track, it's gonna get deep toned and shit, and it's gonna Every be like time, right, bro? <laughs> <laughs> and there are some really cool tracks, like Todd Terry, of course, is like a pioneer of like the the spoken word house music, which is really yeah. cool. It's like there was soul, there were acid, there was techno, there was disco, like that shit's yeah. dope, right? But that's like. Yeah. If I'm taking like an, a 70 or 80 sample these days, when people do it, they just literally dub the vocal, and you're like, ah, fuck, it's cool. I've heard this a million times though, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just always deep voice. <laughs> I know. 
how do you on that note, Andres, like knowing that although house music is simple to the untrained ear and to the trained ear, how do you be unique in a genre that doesn't take a lot to be good? You know what I mean? Mm. Wait, can you repeat that again? So like in-house music, right? Like to a certain extent, everybody can get a kick, clap, bass line, and a vocal, right? What do you do as Skonka to be unique and be like, well, I'm a house producer, but there's a certain echelon. Is it your mixing and mastering process? Is it your unique ability to find sampled vocals and chop those up? Is it your percussion? Like, what do you think makes you special compared to the rest or unique? Uh, it's kind of hard because like, when I usually when I make music is 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 uh, I'm influenced by someone else, mm-hmm. but it, it's not like I reference anything, right? Because like, I don't like to do that because I feel like whenever I reference a track, I'll start sounding like that person. Yep. So pretty much almost be copying their idea. So like, I I don't like some people tell me like my beats kind of like like they could take it apart like they could they could they could uh tell that that's me like because uh, I, i've had a few friends say that they'd be like oh yeah like i hear your drums or like i hear your bass line i think most people say that my bass line is what kind of gives it away that that it's me and i mean i don't i don't, I don't know like it's it's kind of like i can't really tell you like how i sound unique i i, I kind of feel like that's left up to like everybody else because like I can't really explain. I, I'm just doing my tracks. Like, I'm just, when I make music, I just make them how I want them to sound. That's it. Dude, it's, so it's, it's like a tough question to answer. And I think you did answer it right. And it's literally, it's just like, it's you that's putting it together. Right? Yeah, it's, it's me. Like, I just, I just, I put kind of my soul into a track. Like, I don't, I don't let anything else like influence it. Like, I mean, well, it is influence, but. I don't I don't let something like kind of like dictate how I'm gonna make my track. So it's like I'm not gonna make my track and be like, oh, like it has to sound like like Chris Lake or like it has to sound like Cloud on Stroke or it has to sound like this. Like right. Like I don't ever do that. Like I'll just get influences, but when I'm making my track and I'm in that moment, um uh, sometimes I even like make like weird sound effects or like weird noises and, and like you know, on with my synths or sometimes I use samples and like chop them up weird. And to me, it sounds good. So, like, uh, that's all that I really care about. So I'll just go with it. Yeah. I guess I guess that's how I'm probably, like, make my uniqueness. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, like, that's kind of, like, advice to, like, any other producer. Like, kind of, that's that's kind of how you'll be unique. Just don't let don't let something else, like, like kind of, like, dictate how you're going to make a beat. Because it's just, like, just do it the way you want to do it. That's great advice, that, man. That's yeah, great. that's how you sound unique. You have to be unapologetically yourself in live yeah. productions, too. Like, this is what I think is good. I appreciate feedback, but this is how I feel about it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, like, no one can do yourself but yourself. Like, no one no one can know how you feel exactly. Like, there's no way. Like, it's just yeah. you know how you feel. So put that on. <laughs> That's the secret of life, man. I love it. I yeah. to look at it, man. Dude, you mentioned uh, Beyond Wonderland earlier. I know you do a ton of shows in SoCal and stuff, but tell me about that. That's massive, dude. That's huge. Beyond Wonderland? Fuck, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was surreal. That was a big show. I, yeah, that was, I mean, that was the biggest show I've ever played, and that I never thought I'd play Beyond Wonderland. Like, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. 
That was it was really cool. It was amazing. Uh I got put on that show by uh Cats and Cats and uh Boots. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Of course, of course. Those guys, yeah. I I really like thank those guys big time for like letting me play that show. And those guys are all cool, cool dudes, like all of them. And uh El Monk actually helped me, you know, you get connected with them and that's how we played back to back. Uh and yeah, it was it was it was a good time. I mean Having like the whole like little like VIP wristband for the first time and like artist wristband yeah. stuff like you feel all important. <laughs> but like, but yeah, it was it was cool. It was, it was a cool show and like playing for the crowd. I mean, I just yeah, it was it was fun. Well, yeah, you started as a DJ, like you said, right? So when those when it come when push comes to shove and it's time for you to perform, are you you're ready to rock, dude? What is what is the skunk cassette like? You playing a ton of your own tracks? I try to play like a few of my own tracks, but at the same time, if I feel like it's not gonna work with the yeah. transition or the mix, like I won't, I won't just like play just my track just to play it. Right. Like I, I like my tracks like you know good with another track that will go with it. Um, yeah, but I mean, my my sets is more like I I like kind of like surprising people like when I mix. Yeah. Like I, I like that whole like you know like. Like, I like the reaction where just everyone in the crowd is like, oh, shit, like, you know, like that, kind of like, oh, snap feeling kind of, like, mix. Like, I've always liked DJs that did that. Yeah. Like, I never really, I was never into the DJs that just blend and mix, blend and mix or whatever, like, transition, drop, transition, drop kind of mixing. Like, I, I've always been into, like, just surprising the the audience. Like, mm-hmm. well, that's that's how my sets go. Challenge. <laughs> a little bit yeah yeah i mean because like i said I'm, I'm from like a hip-hop background so like the whole like the way of hip-hop djing is more like like yeah like you're surprising the audience like you want everyone to just have that like all feeling like that oh snaps like every time you drop a new new uh transition yeah and like, that's kind of how i like to transition yes i love that man dude i you make me want to see a skunk set right now bro i can <laughs> I need to, I need to hear a fucking fresh set, bro. It's it's been tough. It's been a crazy year, right? Like no shows. I mean, yeah, no shows, no parties, no nothing. No nothing. Yeah. Well, how's it's it just me? Huh? Go, go ahead. I was like, it's just me partying in my bedroom, just yeah, drinking fucking trulies. <laughs> table with my friends and drink, and like I listen to music in the center on a little Bose speaker, and I'm like, I, you know what? I love you guys, but fuck, I'm starting to go crazy a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Started feeling depressed and sad. You're like, man, I wish I was somewhere. <laughs> you know, and, and you mentioned uh, <laughs> your perception of Chicago is cold. Well, it's coming soon, and it's going to be cold <laughs> between November and, and April, even into May, dude. And the best part about Chicago is you're like, all right, like the Chicago summer, there's so many festivals that come through here, so many big DJs and parties. And you're like, I'm going to hibernate this winter. I'm a little worn out. But Chicago brings the biggest and best when it's cold out. So when it is cold, you're like, you know what? We're going to go stand outside in 10 degrees and wait 45 minutes to get into the Green Velvet show. Because fuck it, Chicago, <laughs> that's what we do, right? But we're not going to have that this year. So I'm like, wow. It's kind of hitting me with a dose of reality. You know? Uh, yeah, it really sucks. I know. Yeah, we're, like warehouse parties and techno parties are the best during winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like made this unwritten contract that they've signed together. It's like, hey, like, we're we're gonna do this all together, right? Yeah. 
That's the best part about it. Have you been feeling, um, you mentioned like, I don't know, an obstacle right now is not having the chance to go be inspired at shows. Are you feeling creatively different or up against a wall in the studio knowing that you don't know when your tracks can be played live? Um, no, I'm actually, I'm actually taking this time to like, uh, kind of experiment. Yeah. Since I know, like, like I said, like, I've just been hoarding music because like, I know if, if I release it, if I release any more tracks this year, yeah, more than likely no one's going to really support it or play it because yeah. it's like no one's playing anywhere. Right. So like, yeah, like, and I'm sure like downloading right now is like, I mean, it's probably still going on, but I don't think like it is like before, like probably last year when there's able to be parties and stuff. Cause yeah. I mean, me myself, like anytime I go play a show, I download music like the day before. Yep. So it's like if I'm gonna go play Friday or if I'm gonna go play Saturday, like I'm just in my computer just downloading all kinds of new music like the day before. And I'm sure like a lot of other DJs do that too. And yeah. pretty much with this whole like uh quarantine stuff, like I don't think anyone's really doing that. So it's like you won't really see like numbers on your tracks like before. So this year I've I've just been like hoarding music and Lately, I've actually just been experimenting with, like, kind of new styles of tech house. Mm -hmm. And I, I've kind of been trying to, like, get more on the darker side okay. like of tech house. Yeah. Because, yeah, but, I mean, it's kind of sounding weird, but, uh, uh, yeah, I'm experimenting. Hopefully something good comes about it or I create a new, whole new style or who knows. But <laughs> That's great. That's actually been one of the common things is um, in the beginning, I did feel, like, <clears throat> a little uncreative actually because there's nothing more exciting like when we talked about it in the beginning making that track get to go test it out at a show that weekend um and get the crowd's reaction and now i'm just like well i don't really want to know if i want to make those types of tracks like should i try something new and a lot of people are getting creative and i think it's going to be a really good thing for the music industry because there are a lot of people who are in it not for the right reasons like we talked about too like, there are people like you who are literally like, yeah, it's cool, I'm still going to make music, but now that I don't have the pressure to make a certain type of music so I get releases so I can get shows, I'm going to try this. And maybe yeah. it'll be something better in the end for you, for your fans, for everybody, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'm even making hip-hop tracks again, like, just to mess around oh. sometimes. Because it's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's just how I'm feeling. I mean, obviously, like, this whole COVID thing and, and the pandemic and everything, it's just... It's pretty depressing. So sometimes I'll be making a beat and I'll be making like, you know, like a fucking party tech house beat. And I'm like, man, I'm not feeling this. Like, I feel like making something sad right now. Dude, I know exactly what you mean. And that's that's kind of what I meant by the question. It's just like, there's a certain type of music that right now is on pause. And it is like that, that, party tech and house and like people are still releasing it and i love it and i think that yeah but not at the vicious speed like the industry was moving and dude yeah. i'm right there with you bro like before a house show or before a big show i'm researching music i'm asking my friends for the music i want to play the show mixes whatever it might be i mean that's been on the complete back burner i haven't like i look at beatport i don't know how much i've actually downloaded from beatport yeah. <laughs> It's like last year I probably downloaded like a thousand songs, and this year I probably only downloaded like ten. Yeah, yeah I think I've downloaded <laughs> tracks for like four friends or something, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's 
It's tough, man. It's tough. So no more releases the rest of this year. Do you have anything planned for 2021 that you can share? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, I I'm just I'm just making music. Uh, um, I'm 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 probably gonna have like a few releases. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm having th- those releases come out this year or mm-hmm. beginning of next year. But I know I, I have a few releases coming out. Okay, good. So that's, that's probably, try it. And whenever, you know, stuff opens back up, I'll be playing shows. Like, that's all I can say, Ramon, really. <laughs> as soon as it does, I'm going to come out and visit everybody down in L.A. and, and come hang out because I want to meet all you guys in person. I've been doing so many of these Skype interviews all over the country. And I'm just like making friends in New York and L.A. And I'm like, God, I wish yeah. I could come out and fucking hang and bring everybody to Chicago and and book for some shows and stuff, but you know what? It'll come eventually, right? You've 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 been out here before, right? For like any shows and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, okay. Sure, bro. Yeah, yeah. I've been to uh, I've been to a space yacht on a Tuesday. I've been to some shows out on the weekend and stuff too. I, I love. I, I you're in Los Angeles. I've been to San Diego a few times too for CrossFest. Okay. Um. So I love the vibe, man. It's so. I, I love Cross. Cross is, is always fun. Cross got me into. <laughs> Yeah, I love that they actually have bands there. Like bands up vibe, bro. It's like the coolest festival ever because it's not huge. Everybody's there for the right reason. They book some seriously (laughs) underground tech house and house acts that is awesome. And then that the way the Ocean Stage or whatever, they've got people like uh, these live bands, Odessa, and huge names like Cascade. You get a little bit of everything. It's so sick. Like Empire of the Sun played, I think, like the last one, and like. Yeah, it's it's like a bunch of different bands. Pretty cool. <laughs> Dude, as soon as it goes down, I'll be there. Maybe we'll all go there. How about that? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, let me know. I'm always oh, down. This has been so much fun, Andres. I just want to acknowledge you again, dude. Keep doing your thing, bro. You're a great producer. People here love you in Chicago, and I know a lot of people are going to be excited about this interview. So it's been such a pleasure, man, for real. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on uh, this this actually did go by fast. You're right. <laughs> That's how it goes, man. We're just pretending like we ended up sitting next to each other on our plane ride, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I'll talk to you soon, and I'm excited for everybody to hear this episode. All right, man. Enjoy your weekend. You too, Andres. I'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. See you later.